Welcome to the Not All Love and Life podcast. I'm your host, Romy Moreno, and today we have Paige Elizabeth with us. Hi. Hi, how are you? Great. Paige is a coach. She is a formal international yoga instructor. And Ashtanga. Ashtanga <laughs> yoga. Ashtanga yoga. Yeah. Like like 4% you made it to like the like the fourth series or something. I would say like one percent or less of the international community will make it to fourth and finish it it's amazing and she's an author of one of my favorite books leading an intentional life so i'm so happy that you're here today because you've actually made such an impact in my life well i'm glad to hear that (laughs) i never know (laughs) so um let's talk a little bit about you like what is it that you do um, what do you want to share today? You have so many gifts. I look up to you so so much. Well, thank you. Um, where should we begin? What part of the story should we extract first? Well, let's start with the yoga because that's how I met you through the yoga community. Even though you have separated from from that world, let's start there since okay. that's where our relationship started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I began practicing Ashtanga yoga as a teenager. And um, it was really the thing that I think saved me from becoming a typical teenager and going through the whole party thing, even though I was uh, into clubbing and stuff. But I, I it, it just was great for self-preservation and discipline. And it was like the thing that my life revolved around, right? It was like the centerpiece of the table. And in Ashtanga, we have different series, so there's there's this growth. It's like climbing a mountain, um, and I just was so committed. I loved it. It was just this amazing relationship I had. And then um, 2017, I, f- I completed the fourth series, and at that point, I, you know, I was, I think, 34, and I just decided – like, this is a little hard on the body. So I knew I didn't want to maintain fourth series because it's a lot of crazy contortion. And it just, I'd seen people, not just from yoga, but like, like I'm from Vegas. So legit circus trainers mm-hmm. and people who were former gymnasts and athletes. And if you can continue to push your body past a certain age, you end up with like needing hip replacements and you end up with bone spurs and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. And so it was It was a lot for me to complete the series, but it was kind of like visiting a destination and being like, okay, I visited, but I'm not going to move here. I'm not going to live here. And um, at that point, I also realized, well, there's no more growth for me in terms of that part of the practice. The inner work always is there, but the the, the asana part was done for me. And it really... It changed me psychologically. So that was like the first part of the shift, you know, and I was in Bali. I was actually at Prem Carlisi's studio and his wife said to me, she goes, you know, doing fourth and finishing fourth is dangerous because half the people who finish it never come back to the practice. Mm. And I ended up being that person. She wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. Yeah. So 2018, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm just done. Like, I maintained it for another year. And I was just done. I just – but it wasn't because anything bad happened. Everyone thinks I got burnt out. Mm -hmm. No, it was the completion of a cycle. 
the completion of a cycle. And everyone thinks that like I abandoned this thing or had a fallout or got burnt out like it was this bad ending. No, it was the completion of a cycle. And that I was okay with that. I had no, there was no like grieving or mourning over the fact that like I was done. I was done. And so as a teacher, it was also challenging because people really wanted me to continue to teach, which I did actually. My last teaching gig was in Albania in 2020 or 2021. So like I was on the hook for teaching for a minute, but at the same time, when you're not growing, it's hard to lead. Like my process can't be stagnant and then yours be fluid as a result of my influence. Like that, there was definitely a uh, conflict there. And I didn't want to teach people handstands. I could see once I reached the summit, I was like, this is very vacuous. This is dumb. Like there's no enlightenment that comes with being able to stick your leg behind your back to the extent that I could. <laughs> like you're not more spiritual because of that. Right. And, and coming full circle, you see that because, again, you make it to the top of the summit and you're like, well, the view isn't what I thought it was going to be. It actually wasn't that bad like in third. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. You know, now I just paid extra for the penthouse and really it's not a whole lot different. Like, so, and I just have too much integrity and I can't, I can't be fake. So for me to show up and try to teach something that I no longer really resonate with was a big conflict for me. And so even though people were still kind of demanding it, I just, it wasn't in my heart anymore. And I respect you so much for that because there's so many people that continue doing things even though they don't feel aligned with it because of the money, because of the popularity, because of the attention, because of whatever the fuck, you know, they want. 100%. And I had literally like, I remember being like, wow, 16-year-old Paige, this was her dream. Yeah. This was her dream to be an international yoga teacher and to have that kind of like notoriety to like go to another country and show up in a yoga studio and someone from yet another country recognizes me from YouTube. Like, that was cool, Mm -hmm. you know? But at the same time, like, if it's not feeding my soul, like, I I can only really sell what I'm invested in. And so, yeah, it was challenging. And again, a lot of people struggled with that. And I get it because you're still invested. So it's like, how can she not be invested? Right, which is not really your your problem. (laughs) It's not. So that was um, that was a big deal, and so I I just feel like I completed a big cycle. It was a big accomplishment. Now the the internal aspects of the practice, the principles, still stay with me, hundred percent. The unfortunate thing is like 90% of yoga people don't care about the principles. They don't care about the inner work. And if that was the case, I'd probably still be teaching. Mm -hmm. But they're not interested in that. Right. People don't want to self-reflect. They want to project. Like it's it's unfortunate that we're such a narcissistic society and everyone wants to just show off the poses they can do, but no one really wants to actually do some of the – like I said, the inner work. So, And which is honestly to me the most important part of this practice. Because right? I don't like my asanas, like I weight lift and that's what I do most of the time. I practice yoga maybe twice a week, but it's not like my main thing, regardless mm-hmm. of whether I have a studio or not. Right. And there's so, so much like judgment in, in this community, oh, it's you terrible. know, and it's just, and that's why I really looked up to you. And I, and I was like, 
she's so relatable to me. It's <laughs> it's the best. And I loved it. But there's people that just they judge you based on, you know, how how deep your back bends are or like how flexible you are. And then, I mean, a gymnast could fucking do the same thing and had never walked into a yoga class. It makes mm-hmm. no difference. The work is the inner work. Right. Like there's these yoga teachers that are so like anti talking to people that and judging them because they're not vegan. Right. We're not vegan. But at the end of the day, how is that yoga? You're saying, you know, you're 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 not vegan and that goes against ahimsa or whatever. But you're sitting here talking shit. Like, how is that yoga? No, 100 (laughs) percent. And I mean, we're all we're all capable of judgment. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know. Part of the human, you know, um, makeup. And that's what I talk about in my book because I got so sick of people being like, I can get to this place where I have no ego. No, as long as you're a human being, you have an ego because it's a tool that we use as a frame of reference to deal with reality. You can't. You need the ego. (laughs) No, you do. The, the, The point is to manage the ego instead of the ego managing you, but it's, it's still a very valuable tool. You know, like I am not pure consciousness. I have a body. Right. And people don't get that. <laughs> I'm sorry. And like you, they want to point to these, these magical sages from, you know, three, 5,000 years ago. Like they somehow figured it out. I bet you if you actually sat down and talked with that person at that time, you would see they probably had habits that you were like WTF. Like, right. <laughs> wait a minute, what? Like, so, you know, my practice became less about it I did hit this point of like total void where I was like okay that didn't work like really out trying to outrun and outdo everything just to get to an empty space mm, I'm not sure that I like this so it became more about embracing the ego with love as opposed to like trying to push it out yeah it's kind of like what we do with shadow work right mm-hmm. like we don't push it away we learn to love it in order for us to be able to be better. And yeah. And people really struggle with that concept because it's not like, even when I was writing the book, my ghostwriter, like she had to interpret the concept to write it in a way that was, you know, applicable to the average person. And she was even having a hard time getting it because we come from this, like, well, if I, if I accept it, then like I'm powerless. So I still have to be somewhat in defense rejection mode. No, no, it's just the opposite. So for example, like if you, if you hate your body uh, and someone calls you ugly, you don't get defensive. You don't, you you don't get defensive over that because that's you also saying, yes, I reject this as well. You go, yeah, I know that my body's not perfect and I love it anyway. You diffuse and create fluidity again. So there's not this like you know, war internally, you know, and people think, oh, but if I practice self-love, I won't be motivated. Well, yes and no. What was motivating you before, right? Were you trying to prove to the world something? Because I can honestly say, here I am, I'm finishing up my Pluto square right now. And it's an interesting transit because it's seventh house, fourth house and fourth house is family foundation, history, lineage, everything that like you build on, like the four legs of a table would be fourth house foundation. 
And I'm watching everything that I've ever created in my entire life just go down the drain. And yet there's a part of me that's like, I totally built all of that to run away from the fear of becoming who I am in this moment. <laughs> like, like, that didn't work. <laughs> you did it. You've arrived. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Like, everything that I was trying to get away from to be like, I'm not that. And it's like, life's like, really? And it took everything away that I was identifying with to be like, but honey, not only are you susceptible to because you're a human, but all those things you were creating were a defense mechanism to the identity you didn't want to have. And here you are, more lost and confused, <laughs> <in> full <laughs> throttle. <laughs> think, oh, my gosh. And so, like, when people say, I will be less motivated, maybe you will, but were your motivations based on creating a life to say, I'm not that? Because you're so afraid of being the one thing you fear most, right? That trap. And so when we learn to practice self-love, our motivations just change. And it's interesting now because like I, I still have my business and I'm still working, but I've really scaled back because of like the craziness of the world. And when I moved to Florida, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, where should I put my focus? But I knew I was tired. Like, I knew I was just psychologically drained from it all because the last decade has just, like, kicked my ass over and over again. And we can get into why. But, like, COVID was the final straw for me. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't fight this battle. And so I decided, I was like, you know what? I worked in nightclubs during the last recession. And I did just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I did just fine. And so I thought, I don't, I mean, I know people here, but I don't have a community here. So I thought, I'm going to see if I can get a job working in like a nightclub or a day club just so that I can be social and not have to worry so much about money. And um, that's what I chose to do for now. And um, I just work Saturday and Sunday and the money's great. And it's it's nice. It's, 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 it's something familiar. It's something that, that right. you enjoy too. But my point is that like my ego really wants to be like, how do we get back here? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I, there's nothing that I'm trying to prove anymore. Right. If I were trying to prove something, I'd be building based on that. But I finished fourth series. I wrote a book. I traveled the world. Like, I have all these things, and yet I'm just like, meh. I just want to have the security, and I want to have peace and be happy. Like, okay, what's the easiest way to get that? Right, and, and that's where I was going with, like, the, living your life this way, there's so much peace because you're not trying to, like, prove anything to anyone, and you're literally doing whatever the fuck you want. No, it's nice because, <laughs> like I said, at, at any point, I can always pick up any one of my talents and invest back in them. But, but when you're so tired, because having a business is, is not just what you do on the front end. It's all the back end work, too. That's the part that I fucking hate. I hate it, too. And that was the part, like, I have a colleague who's much older than me, and he's kind of my go-to. Like, he's really good at probing and just got good insight. And I just told him, I said, I just don't have the energy to do the business side of my business right now. 
I mean, people who have still reached out to me, like I'll entertain them, but I don't have the, the, the energy to do the marketing, to do the, I just, I can't, like, I just literally can't. And he's like, then don't, because you know, that's going to just lead to more burnout. Yeah. And you're going to be so unhappy. <clears throat> right. So exactly. And I just, I can't, I can't, and I can't tell other people I can't give them that kind of advice. Like, no, you should do it anyway. Well, I just knew in my core that my being was burnt out. And so to, again, to have a business that's still viable, but that did not have to worry about all of the parts of it because I'm like, well, I'm just going to go sell alcohol on the weekends. Great. You know what I mean? Like, and I just get to clock in and clock out. You don't have to, you don't have to think or or deal with (sighs) And I just love it. I love it again. I mean, and there's no, there's no part of me that's like, oh my gosh, but now you're working for someone again. I chose to do that. Yeah. You don't have to. I chose to do that because I don't want the burden right now. And you know, when my Pluto square completes, you know, maybe that'll shift, but like I'm in a season of decay. I don't want to plant seeds right now. That right? makes a lot of sense. I just, not because the they're not going to, it's not going to turn into fruit. So I kind of need to let this pass before I make any solid decisions. Because if I try right now, they're going to get uprooted anyway. You know, that's where I'm at. And people really struggle with that. But, you know, because they're like, how can you be so uncommitted? How can you be so unplanning? How can you be so, I don't know that I have a choice. Like, this is just the season of my life that I'm in. Not only that, but you did it for so fucking long that it, you're just over it. Like, it's just like, why not? Why can't I just do the opposite of what I've been doing for so long and see what the fuck happens now? Well, and I didn't get any like gold star for doing it the other way. Okay. Like no one gave me a cookie each day and was like, congratulations. Like you're doing it on your own. Like the only person that really, like I got to prove that to was myself. And I joke all the time. I'm like, you know, I'm not even a feminist, but like, if you look at my life, you'd think I was. you know I'm just hyper independent you know but I'm not really a feminist and and I had to go through that process of building it just to lose it because I needed to heal it it is what it is yeah I needed to heal that part I needed to get all the way through the cage be like yep there's nothing here let's go folks (laughs) (laughs) turn back turn back and that was dumb but i'm glad we know now we made it to the end (laughs) so you know and it's not like i didn't make the effort oh i i made every effort and right now i'm just in transition and again until i until this cycle and season kind of wraps up Perfectly content to be where I am, especially with with the economy being where it's at. It's like, well, yeah, you're you're in the perfect place right now. (laughs) People are not going to quit drinking, so let's just probably going to drink more. (laughs) I don't know. It's just crazy times for sure. But I mean, you saw it coming because one thing that that you're so knowledgeable on is astrology, and you could totally like just look at a chart and kind of just see shit about to happen. Yeah, and no one wanted to like believe it. I, I mean, believed you <laughs> all during COVID. I was like, you guys, like the economy is gonna go to shit. Not tomorrow, but like in the next few years. And even people who were more or less like on my team were like, oh no, we're, it's gonna be fine. We're gonna be saved. And I'm like, why is everyone looking for a savior? Mm-hmm. Like, 
when has the human experience ever been so easy? Like, I don't. Yeah, it, it was it was <laughs> destined to happen, though, astrologically, too. Right. Well, this whole destruction was meant to like the United States, like, you know, it was meant to collapse the way that it is. A hundred percent. Because, again, like I just I'm just finishing up my eighth Pluto transit. Well, Pluto is the planet that actually works specifically on the shadow. So when Pluto makes its way around to a point on your chart, it digs up the original lie. Right. So like for me, I'm going through my foundation being uprooted because the because the foundation that I built was built on lies. The idea that like no one wants to support me. I have to take care of myself. Like I have no real family, blah, 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 because of the relationship with my mother and my sisters and stuff. And so everything I built as a result of that pain is now being uprooted so that I can rebuild from an honest, truthful place. That's very... I think that's so cool, though. That's really hard. Now the entire United States is going through that with our Pluto return. Which happened a couple months ago. Well, we're in it now. No, we're in it. We're in it now, but the shift just happened. It started started February. February. Mm -hmm. And so... Was it the 22nd? February 22nd? I don't remember the exact date. But, you know, it's the closing out and restarting of a 250-year cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, no one has a Pluto return in their lifetime because we don't live that long. Mm-hmm. But to have a 250-year cycle close out, that's not a small – that's not like a Mercury retrograde. That's a big cycle. And so Pluto's going home and going, what the hell is all of this? I, I This wasn't this here when I left. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's just gutting all of it. And it's really fascinating to me to watch it from multiple levels. Like, obviously, it's happening in the second house of the economy. So you see it financially. You see, like, things are destabilizing big time, which that's just going to continue. We'll have our third hit in December, and then it's just going to erode like an avalanche from there. <clears throat> Lovely. Right? And I don't know what that's going to look like. I, right. I, just, I just know how this aspect works. Right. But the other thing that's happening is it's changing because second house is Taurus, which is also values. So it's also forcing us as a nation to reassess our values. And I just think it's mind-blowing given the administration versus like SCOTUS right now. And I'm like, this is a legit like us, them, us, them, you know, like back and forth. And it's just fascinating to watch. And you see how SCOTUS is literally going through everything right now and going, not our circus, not our circus, not our circus, not our circus. And they're pulling back and they're like, this isn't ours, this isn't ours, this is the States, this is the States. And it's just mind boggling to me to watch, given the administration that we have. It's like, wow. Yeah. This is so fascinating to watch unravel. Like, everyone who thought that like we would have this massive demise with with Biden getting in is now seeing the the pendulum on the other side. Again, power struggle. What's Pluto? Manipulation, domination, control, power struggle. Mm-hmm. And we're watching these massive power struggles play out. And it's just so fascinating. And I always tell people, I'm like, with Pluto, you don't win because Pluto represents death. Right. Scorpio, Pluto, eighth house, death. 
but there's transformation in that too. No, 100%, yeah. but you got to die first. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, the phoenix thing, will not the rise. The ego, the belief, <laughs> whatever's on the table is going to get annihilated so that you can reassess and rebuild. And so we're watching the entire nation like go through this like control, manipulation, domination, power struggle so that we can get to that point. And I tell people all the time, when you're going through a Pluto transit, do not resist. Because Pluto's going to take your hands if you hold on too tight. You'll lose them. Just let go and just allow whatever needs to die off to die off. I was going through a Pluto transit when my uh, yoga practice died off. So, you know, and, and if, I w- if it wasn't the completion of a cycle, maybe I would have been more depressed. But I understood what was happening. Like, I just, I got that. I was like, wow, I never thought that one would go, but there it goes. This one. There it <laughs> this goes is the down one. the drain. It's gone. Okay. Like, I didn't expect that. And you turn around, and you're like, well, what's next? And um, that can be unnerving because we really align heavily with our, um, our identities. For better or for worse, we are so tied to them as though they're going to protect us. And then we go through a Pluto transit, and it it gets stripped of us anyway. You don't even know who the fuck you are. Well, Surprise. and, you know, I tell young women this when I work with them. I'm like, you really just need to be adaptable and take care of yourself. Because even though I didn't get married and have kids, all my peers who did are now having the opposite crisis, right? Like, gee, I settled down young and did all of this because I wanted security only to end up being cheated on or to wanting a divorce or whatever. And now they have to deal with that one issue that they were running from. Or like one of my girlfriends, you know, she has a really, she has a decent relationship with her husband and they love their kids and everything. But she's like, I don't know who I am. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I just rotate between children. Until yeah, I go to bed. That's, she's like, it's a huge one. She's like, I just don't even know who I am. And it's it's killing me. And that's so sad. I mean, I was that person for a while before I started doing the inner work. And it was just like, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I work. And that's it. Like, that was my identity. Until I was like, no, this sucks. I don't want to. This is not who I want to be. And then once I started doing the inner work, it seemed like I was being very selfish and all of this. But, you know, finding who I am without, you know, my husband and my children mm-hmm. at the time. And, you know, I do help women figure that out, too, because it's it's there's a lot. It happens a lot. Well, and, you know, we have all these arguments about generations. But you got to understand, like, each generation is governed by different outer planets being in different signs. You know, what the baby boomers went through collectively was their lesson, not ours. And and what millennials are going through, you know, I'm like, why did I choose to be a millennial? Why did I do this? <laughs> like, even my sisters who are, they're older than me. They're like 5, 8, and 15 years older. You know, they're Gen Xers, and they literally just skimmed by. They don't have the same issues that I do and that my brother would have had if he was still alive. Like, it's just insane to me how collectively each generation is also going to go through different things. And you really can't make that comparison. I mean, Pluto and Libra, Libra is the idealization of the relationship. You know what I mean? And how many millennials are like, if it's not perfect, I don't want it. <laughs> Whereas like boomers don't have that same, you know, way of, of dealing with relationships. They're more like, 
Yeah, my 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 husband tried to kill me, but you know, like whatever. Exactly. It, it was a bad Sunday. You know, right. just, exactly. It's like what? <laughs> it, it happens. We, we just you know, we just won't talk to each other and just sleep in separate beds and then just you know stay together for right. the kids. So like you have the most like commitment phobic generation, and then the Gen Xers, which was like Virgo, you know, which is represents everything alternative, alternative healing, alternative music, alternative like you name it, right? And so they're just like. Screw this. Like, let's test the divorces out. Let's just do it. Let's just get divorced. Like, you know, this whole, like, death do us part thing. Meh, we're out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, every generation has its own. So to um, to make those comparisons is a little bit silly, you know. And I am very cardinal, and I'm a five in numerology, so I, I tend to thrive on change. I know a lot of people don't. So I speak a lot about change and how to overcome it. People who are more fixed or um, like if you have a lot of fixed energy in your chart, you're not going to like change at all. You're going to be like, oh, God, I'd rather shoot myself. You know what I mean? They're really slow to commit. And once they do, they're kind of in it for life. You know, I'm so cardinal. And being a five, like I'm hesitant to commit to anything, really hesitant to commit, you know. So, uh, again, knowing people's charts, knowing the astrology, just knowing all that really gives you such a great way to deal with a person because then you know, like, where their strengths and weaknesses are and how to approach them, how to, how to, how to have relationships with them. It helps a lot. 100%. And you look at someone's chart and everyone, like, who is new to astrology thinks, oh, you know, well, I'm an, I'm an Aries or I'm a Virgo and that means blah, 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 blah. No, the the sun just is your 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 expression, your your outer expression, and what you identify with. Whereas the moon regulates you at your core, and so like when it comes to relationships, you want to know someone's moon sign yeah. because that's going to tell you like their fight or flight. That's going to tell you how they find security, their day, their day to day rhythms. You know if they're good to live with or not. Like that's where you look. So again, having all that insight is really nice. Yeah, like <clears throat> learning about all of that made such a huge difference. And I'm still learning. I learned so much from you, but it made so much sense. And like yesterday it was crazy because I was just talking to to somebody and he's like telling me, no, because if things aren't like this or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like quickly able to, I'm like, is your Venus in Taurus? And he's like, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, <laughs> it makes so much sense. You know, so it's like really cool once you're able to start like realizing these things and also how to approach certain people and also, like, who you know you're going to be able to vibe with and not, that's a that's a big one for me, too. Yeah, totally. And for me, astrology just helped me to take the pressure off of expectations. Like, if you understand why you do what you do, there's less judgment. You're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, for sure. I, I went through that. I'm like, okay, so this is why this is why I do this. This is, this makes a lot of sense. But it's also, like, like using it for the shadow work, right? Like these are the things that, yes, they're in my chart, but this is how I could work on dealing with it. So it's mm-hmm. not affecting me like it used to, right? So that's Totally. Cool. I mean, <clears throat> I'm a 10th house Aries sun. And so I've worked overtime. It's ironic because my ascendant is in cancer. So the ascendant is, is kind of how you come off to people. But see, my 10th house Aries sun kind of dominates my chart so much. So people do see the Aries when they meet me. They're like, oh, my God, what a bitch. Like, Mm -hmm. and and I get noticed. 
like the the 10th house is the highest point in the chart and to have your sun conjunct that point it's just putting a spotlight on you everywhere you go so i can't not be noticed and um so i've had to work really hard like as much as i want to hide cancer i i can't because that's that sun's always just following me and yeah, I've had to work really hard on some of my Aryan traits, <laughs> you know, because we really are just brash and, you know, we can be bullies and we're, we're, we're leaders and we're trailblazers, but at the same time, we don't give a fuck. And so, like... Girlfriend, my moon is Aries. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's like I have to, like, wrangle that in sometimes and I forget yes. how much my public persona can overshadow. Yeah, it's, it was a lot of learning. And it's crazy because my ex-husband's in Aries, but... His ascendant is Gemini, and then his moon is in Cancer. And every time I would read something about Aries, because I, w- I had no idea, I'm like, this is not him. This mm-hmm. isn't anything like him. So then when I learned about the ascendant and the moon, I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. But mm-hmm. every time I would read something about Aries, I'm like, that sounds more like me. And I'm thinking, I'm a Scorpio. And I, I didn't know anything about anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. So imagine like me with a double Scorpio with an Aries moon. Like there's a lot of calming <laughs> that I needed to do. It's very intense around these these walls and these places. <laughs> no, totally. And I, yeah, you can you can look at someone's chart, and if their sun is not well aspected, they won't have a lot of traits of their sun. If there's a lot blocking that. Yeah, it won't matter. So you want to look at kind of the energy that's the most prominent. The other thing that I think is pretty prominent is my moon. You know, it's all by itself over in the 11th house in Taurus. And I'm so unyielding at times. Like, just, I want my way. I mean, again, we were talking about before the podcast, to like the, the situation with Costa Rica, $2,100 for insurance on a $500 rental car. It's like, I will persist. And persist and persist until I get my way. I do not take no for an answer. And you got your way. I do not take no for an answer. Like, uh-uh. And that's the Taurus side of me, you know. But it's it's affecting. Taurus is also naturally security because it's second house. So it's like a double need for security. But it's finances. It's it's um, luxury. It's all things beautiful. I, my body dysmorphia. I'm like always looking for that Venus perfection, you know? It's like, ah, that's how I feel secure. I need to be pretty, <laughs> you know? Like, otherwise, I just feel so out of sorts. But yeah, instead of beating your ass about it, like, this is, you know, how I am, right? You embrace it. You're like, yes, this is how I am because this explains it and it's fine. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. And Chiron is going to hit that moon next year. And I'm like, oh, God. Be kind, please. Be kind. <laughs> that wounded you know? healer, man, will get you for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So always, always changing. That's all I know. Things are always changing and adapting. And, you know, so that's what I do best. I help people to learn how to adapt. Yes, you did. You helped me. Um, we met, like I said, through the yoga community, I took one of your workshops and then I just started, we, we became friends on Facebook and I really, I really liked the, not just the things that you posted, but just how connected I felt to you. Like I felt you were real. And then after some time, you know, I was talking, I was opening up my business and I, and I wanted to hire you for the business aspect of 
of my and then COVID happened <laughs> of my career yes <laughs> and then COVID happened like literally two months like right when we, we were starting and I'm like well I guess let's just do whatever is gonna right happen, I know right? I told all my clients I was like if you want to pause but so I'm I will let you pause like because we're not is, I've never been through anything <laughs> like this before I'm like we're not pausing we're let's see what happens and honestly like what came from it was so great that's during that time is is when no your book was already out I had read your book and I want to get into your book too because your book is so incredible and and just getting to know a little bit more about you I felt like I I want to work with with Paige and and through that it was like my second to last call with you then I hung up the call and I walked downstairs and I just looked at my husband and he just knew I'm like yeah, there's no running from this. Like we, got, <laughs> we have to separate. Like this is not gonna, you know. And it was just like perfect timing. Everything that was going on astrologically for me too. You literally gave me like the date. Like, okay, let's see what happens on this date. I'm like, damn you, <laughs> Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you had Uranus on your Venus or something, and it was like, ah, you're gonna be questioning those values in a very radical way. You're gonna be like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just done because with Uranus, there's no attachment. You're just in or out. Yeah, and there's 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 no strings attached to it. You're just whatever. Yeah. So so that was really that was really life changing for me, and and just reading your book. So let's talk a little bit about like you know what inspired you to write it, and and a little bit of the the values and everything that that went into it that you help people bring. That. So I had always wanted to be an author, but of course, when you're like a teenager, what do you have to say? Mm -hmm. I'm having to say for a while, you know what I mean? So, but that was a goal and I'm trying to remember back at the time, I, I had felt pretty balanced in my career as a coach and I had been using my coaching to practice the principles that I had been using my entire life. And so I was getting that real-time feedback, and I used that from my book. And so a lot of it's really intuitive. Like, it's like the comments people would make over and over again became just so predictable. And so I incorporated those things. Like, I know right now you're thinking blank. Like, I added that into the book at times because people think we're so unique. I'm so special. My pain is so special. Oh, no, you don't understand. I'm, it's different for me. No, it's not. Like, you're the rule. You're not the exception. Your brain's telling you you're the exception, but you're not the exception. And so I really wanted to create something that gave people that sense of, like, oh, I'm not that special. And not in a bad way. I'm just not that special. Like, therefore, if I'm not that different or that weird, there's a, a way to undo this, too. Because when we think we're the exception to the rule, we think that we're screwed. Yeah, hopeless. Like, yeah. You can't do anything. And, and I actually had this conversation recently at, at my last retreat when we're talking about pain because some people are like, no, but I don't have trauma that bad or I don't have pain that bad or they don't know what it feels like. And, and I broke it down to them exactly the same way. I'm like, you're not any more special than anyone else. Pain is like a feeling, mm -hmm. right? The, the majority, like how you feel it in your body could be exactly the same way someone else feels it, where you look at their situation like, oh, they just lost their their dog. I lost my entire family. But they could feel the pain exactly the same mm -hmm. way, right? So you're not more special or more like, you know, allowed to feel a certain way because your tragedy seems bigger or your pain seems greater than someone else. You don't know how that person is receiving whatever it is that's happening to them. 
Oh, 100%. We never know what someone is really experiencing internally. And I'm not a therapist, but I've had 17 years of therapy. I like therapy. I think it's a great sounding board. Um, and, you know, one thing I've learned just through one of my therapists, like, because she would really help me understand patterns in people. Because I'd be like, I'm dealing with this. She'd be like, oh, that person obviously disassociates. And she would explain what that meant to me. So I got an amazing education from her. And and that's the other thing. Like, people have different coping mechanisms. And they're not all the same. And yet we judge people. Like, codependents are some of the most annoying motherfuckers on the planet as far as I'm concerned. They're just as annoying as narcissists sometimes. I was talking to my girlfriend. And because I went to Columbia recently with this man who really likes me. He flew in from Panama. I flew in from Florida. We had a few days. And, like... I like him, but I don't know him. He really likes me. And, um, you know, I just made the comment. I said, I just, I've been through just too much with men to make it a priority to date. I'm not against a connection. It just, it's just not a priority. And when I told her that, she goes, wow, I would have really taken that as a hint that like, you're not interested. And I said, of course you would. You're a fucking codependent. You're going to make everything about you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to cater your words to make sure they hear it how you think they should to make sure that you feel comfortable. I'm not a codependent, dear. And my past has nothing to do with him. So why would he make it about himself? Maybe he does. And maybe he does internalize that. But again, my past has nothing to do with him. So the fact that you would even take that comment and make it about you when, you know, in this particular scenario, I've hung out with him all of four times. If you go far enough on the codependent spectrum, you end up narcissistic again. Like, why is it about you? It's not. Stop framing it that way so that way you can can figure out how to manipulate Manipulate your circumstances to feel safe. Like, Correct. stop doing that. It takes a lot of courage, to be honest. People don't want to be honest. I know. They don't want to be honest. We, we had this conversation a couple of weeks. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to have tough conversations. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. <clears throat> Nobody wants to, like, be honest and just say, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And and I'm thinking about that, too. Like, once I I just thinking about dating and it's just, you know, when people, because I've done it in the past, too where you project this highlight reel, mm-hmm. right? It's like, that's not really like who you are. But I'm in the point in my life where like on the first date, we're, I'm going to let you know how shit goes because I'm not wasting my time, right? These are, totally. these are, and that's the way it should be. But honestly, like I wasn't in a place where I could be this person, right? Like ever since my divorce, I have been because I did a lot of the work. But prior to, like, my marriage or even in the beginning of my marriage, it's like you're getting this, like, fake person. Like, that's not, like, you know, and it's not intentional. We're just showing, like, our best selves. Not that it's necessarily, like, 100% like, not real. I'm never showing my best self ever. (laughs) No, no. I'm showing you the worst because if you could get through this shit, like, we we could make something happen. Yeah, and I could tell he was getting impatient with me. Like, I'm not just enjoying this romance. Motherfucker, I don't know you. Mm -hmm. I don't owe you anything. I don't know you. Like, (laughs) let's get to know each other. Like, like, the best romances that I've had kind of grew into that. Yes. They just grew into that. And a lot of them I knew for a long time. Like, I just, I'm not that person. And I understand too much psychologically to be like, 
let's have an amazing fling and then see where it falls. No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's be friends and see if we actually are like interested in the same things. Yeah. yeah. Let's see if I like you. Let's see if we actually have good flow. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't... Which which also like brings up the whole topic about having chemistry, which to me is like, oh, we don't have chemistry or we have such great chemistry. And it's just like, what does that even mean? Oh, I know, right? What does that even mean? So I was telling my coworkers this weekend because they were like, did you guys do it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, because Paige doesn't put out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like a big joke if you know Paige. Like, she doesn't put out. Like, I've had boy or guy friends say to me, does anyone ever get to first base with you? Well, eventually. <laughs> you know, but like, so they were asking me that. And I was telling them, I said, I've had guy friends pursue me for years. And I brought up Olivier. And Olivier literally pursued me hard for five years. And I just didn't want to go there. French Algerian from the yoga community, beautiful man you know, not American, uh, born in Australia, but I just was like, no, I just, I didn't want to give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. And so then finally I got tired. Like he wore me down after five years. So I was like, okay, fine, fine, let's do this. And my coworker's like, well, was it good? I go, well, of course it was. I hated him. Like we had chemistry. Like mm-hmm. I fucking hated the guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean that it's for you. Okay, you could have chemistry with. But that's just my point. It was yeah. polarizing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's healthy. And a lot of people confuse like chemistry with like trauma bonds, right? Oh, totally. So it's like this feels so chaotic and exciting or whatever. And it's like you're fucking triggering your childhood wounds. Like this person is not good for you, right? But they 100%. think it's chemistry and, and it's really not. It's no. like run. <laughs> well, even the guy I was dating in Costa Rica who was phenomenal and he just he was my yoga, not yoga instructor, my surf instructor. And was just determined to be with me. And he's like, be my novia, please. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm only here for two months, but okay, fine. I'll be your Costa Rican girlfriend. But he would do a lot of that, that push-pull, and he would create a problem, and then just... And I said, I I can't do this. Like, this is exhausting. Like, you're really taking out old pain on me, and and I didn't do anything to create it, and I'm just... I'm tired. Yeah, we're not... This is not what we're doing. (laughs) And I don't want to do that. Let's let's break up so we can make up. Uh Uh-uh. I need, and I told them, I said, I need consistency to feel safe. And you're not making me feel safe. Like, once you really heal, what draws you into connecting with someone is going to change. Right. And consistency is a a huge one because it is for me, too. The minute you're inconsistent, that's it. Like, I feel that wall wall coming up and that's it. Shit changes for me. And then I just don't like you anymore. Well, and and I've grown enough to where it's like I don't take it personally. I can see that they're acting out on their pain. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I see it for what it is, but it doesn't make me want to lean in. Yeah, you don't want to deal with it. Yeah, 100%. That's the thing with us being coaches. Like, being a coach is like you could read people so well and you understand and you could be empathetic, but that does not mean that just because I don't understand that I want to deal with it. I want no part of this. No, totally. I don't want no part of this. Totally. It was like, how many times do you need to get drunk for me to be like, this is not working? Right. Yeah, no. No. Like, you want to romanticize this whole thing and your pain, but all your pain is doing is pushing me away. Right? So, like, in regard to relationships, if the other person's not willing to show up and lean into their own discomfort on a regular basis, it's a problem. And I think this is why I'm single most of the time because it's it's – I don't have the – I want to say the stamina or the energy, but I don't have the interest 
it will wear you down. It'll just create distance. Then the connection just dies. So, you know, 30-year-old Paige who fell for that shit, like, let me just fix it. It's now like, uh, you made that mess. Clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me crying. Like, you did that. I don't know why you're, like, blowing up my phone. Uh, I'm going to block that contact for 24 hours because, like, I'm just going to bed. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous, right? And then you just look like you're so uncaring. You're just so fucking tired of the bullshit, though, that that's, it just, you don't have the capacity to entertain it whatsoever i get it yeah and so like when someone like jack from panama is like so disenchanted with the fact that i'm like not just starving for a relationship i'm like i've i'm not unhappy by myself me and charlie and tiktok like it's not a problem (laughs) it's not a problem like you know and Getting involved recently with with men has only just kind of shown me like, oh yeah, I'm not really missing out. It's fine. <laughs> and again, I'm not opposed to a good connection, but if you're not carrying your own baggage, do not ask me to pick up one of your bags. I got my own burdens, my own history, my own stuff to carry. Don't act like it's not there either. Right. That's another thing. My God. <laughs> like, like we all got shit. Like, Because what happens is that they pretend it's not there and then it shows up because it's always going to show up. And now I'm like, okay, so now we have to deal with this shit too. Totally. And I had posted this. I don't know if you saw it, but I had an experience with another Costa Rican man and he was just so determined to not be read. And yet I was constantly calling him out, which he just couldn't stand. And I said, the more you try not to be seen, the easier you are to read. It's kind of like that law of resistance, non-resistance, and transparency. Like, if you're, if you're trying to hide something, empaths like me are picking up on the fact that you're hiding something. Right. Not what you want me to see. Right? So when you become transparent, those things don't become so obvious. So... That's annoying. It's like, yeah, I see that. I see whatever you're trying to hide. Like, I see all of it. Yeah. And that's a turnoff, dealing with someone's ego projections all day long. Well, that's one thing, like, working back in, like, I work at a day club. So, like, dealing with people sometimes, they, they, you can tell they want their egos fed. And I just want a good tip. So I'm like, yeah, huh, totally. Gotcha. It's there. <laughs> I bet that was yeah. an amazing deal that you closed. Okay. Yeah, that you know. Was great. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Don't try to socialize with me after work because then I'm going to have to actually get real with you. So have a nice night. I'm going like. to call you out of all your shit. <laughs> yeah. So even Jack was like, how can you work in that environment and not be more open? Because I told him, I was like, I'm shy. I'm not trying to get with anybody. And he was kind of shocked by that. And I was like, that's a persona. That's like an alter ego that I wear. Like, I literally clock in and I turn into an extrovert (laughs) who gives a shit about who you are. Yeah, which is good to have because I've had my moments like that, you know, when I'm working at my place and I have to be extroverted, even though, like, I am extroverted, but, like, extra, there's some days that I'm just, like, 
there was this one time that I just wanted to stay in the back in the office. And it's just like, everyone's asking for me. And I'm like, okay, it's like a mask you have to put on just because Mm -hmm. this is your job right now. And I'm like, okay, we could do this. So like having that alter ego, like, okay, this is Romy. (laughs) Come on, let's bring it out there. Come on, let's do this. It helps. It helps for sure because you got to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I wish I could say I was authentic a thousand percent of the time, but you know, every once in a while, you know, you want to get out of a speeding ticket. So it is what it is. Right. Right. <laughs> as long as, as long as you don't, you have your core values and you're not fake when it comes to that shit. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, people get really okay. frustrated with authentic people. And I've had this conversation with my mentor, Kevin, and he's like, why do people struggle with us so much? I said, because they can't manipulate us. Mm-hmm. We're only a threat because we can't be manipulated. That's true. And that's scary to people. That's why. And also, I feel like it, it's because they're projecting some shit and it's not real. And, right? they and then you are, you could literally say, I'm this fucking hot mess. And people are like, oh my God, like, that's relatable and worship you for it. Right. And then while they're over here trying to make it seem like they're this perfect fucking person and people are seeing right through the fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have an issue because of that too. Well, I think if there's one thing that this collective shitstorm is doing to people is it's really forcing people into a corner because we're not able to hold on to our identities. And I've seen it financially religiously, emotionally, you know, on so many levels where it's like the paradigms that we held on to for our safety and security psychologically are being shattered. And we have to kind of like reorganize who we are now around that. Yeah. And a lot of people are like opening up and like changing their minds about a lot of things. Like beliefs are being completely shattered and completely changed. Mm -hmm. People are like waking up and it's just... It happened to me even in the last two years, like things that I thought that I was, that I wanted, that, you know, I was like gun ho, like this is how I am, right, has changed. And I don't feel like that's, I was being 100% authentic at that time because that's what I believed, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like one thing I do want to say that you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to wake up one day and be like, okay, my beliefs yesterday are not feeling like the same as today I'm not in alignment like what has changed and kind of like look at it and see okay so maybe I don't want these things maybe I'm not this person and then in that moment make those changes do whatever healing work you need to do and then be authentic in that space that you're in right as much because that's what evolving is right some people are like oh no but you said you were x y and z and now you're doing this yeah but I have an open mind. I could change my mind. Sure. And my my business is called the Dharmic Path. You know, everyone kind of thinks they have an understanding of karma, which is essentially just experiencing reality according to your own beliefs. That's really what karma is. I mean, it's law of attraction in action. That's it. Dharma is a little bit deeper. Dharma says... If I lean in to what my, my, and I'm going to take it a step further than even the Buddhists, I think Dharma is essentially like we all here to heal certain things. And so when you're on your Dharmic path, you're on your healing path, right? You might think that like X, Y, and Z are going to make you happy, but then if you really surrender to 
what needs to heal, you'll find the experiences that you're supposed to have to validate the healing, right? Not the ego, but the soul's healing, which is different. And so there's going to be change with that and evolution with that. And so when people try to stigmatize you based on who you were two days ago or even two years ago, it's because they don't give themselves permission to shift and heal and change. You know what I mean? But it has nothing to do with you, you know, like, here I am, I've come full circle. I'm like, damn, I built this empire and now I don't even want to maintain it. <laughs> like, okay, you know, and and I'm having more fun on the weekends. I look forward to going to work. I get to socialize with my coworkers and they're all 20-something. And it's just, I never would have thought that would happen. But yet in terms of what I need at this, this point in my course, that's where I'm at. I have to give space to let go of the old. And so in that process, I got to do something with myself. But people are so caught up in like, my purpose is this, as though it's an absolute. Purpose can change. Yeah, it, it happens. It's <clears throat> happened to me. And like, you know, I really, since I was like 19 years old, I wanted to be a personal trainer. And it was just like this fitness thing. And I loved it. And I I freaking studied for my NASM and, and I passed it on the first go, like in 30 minutes, which was like a huge achievement for me. And I'm like, yes, you know, super happy. And then after a year, I'm like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Like, <laughs> like you cannot pay me. I have people that are like, Mommy, but can you like just train me? And I'm like, no, I don't want to train you anymore. And then it happened like with my yoga privates. Like I, I don't have like yoga privates that I take on that is like, you know, several times a week. Like if you want a yoga private with me, the, like with the sound healing, like I do that. I only have one client because she's like, she's grandfathered and I've been with her for over two years. She's like a mom to me and, and I love her so much. She's like the only person that I do that for, but anyone else, they can't pay me enough for me to go and see them three times a week to give them a yoga private. Like it right. just can't happen. And it's just things that you think that you want, right? now are completely different. When we were working together, I told you, I don't want to work with men, right? And remember that? I was like, I don't want to work with men. I don't know. I just don't want to. Now I have like a couple of, of clients that are men and I love them so much and the progress and how well we work together. It's a beautiful thing. And like, we could change, we could change our minds and it's okay. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from, but it's like, like as though we have to pick a course at some point and just stick to it as an absolute. And this is retarded because the, nothing is constant except change. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely open. If the day, like tomorrow comes and I'm doing something completely different, whatever, I'm going to lean into it and see. Well, what and else. I tell people that, like, even when I was talking to Jack, you know, cause I've been an entrepreneur and what do, what do we do best? We adapt and fill niches in the marketplace. That's what we do. And I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore though. I'm tired. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I kind of just want to be someone's wife and have a baby. Like, I'm a, I just, I want to do something so radically different at this point. So radically different, you know? And I'd like to be able to work by choice, not because I need to. Like, me needing to work puts me in a role I don't want to play anymore. I'm just going to call that what it is. I have to show up and be a person that I don't necessarily want to be. That could change in 10 years. Right. But right now, that's how I feel. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. Which is awesome. Like, I, I think, think he was a little disenchanted too. Like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I really like this independent woman. And yet she's just like, uh, can you get the bill? Thanks. You know? <laughs> like, no. And, and I'm 
perfectly okay owning up to that because I was running from that as though it was like a deficit my whole life, only to find out that I do need people. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it insane? Yes. I'm like, I'm so terrified to admit that. Like, I want to cry saying that. Like, (laughs) shit, I need people. (laughs) Like, Pluto took me on this horrible joy ride just so that I could admit that out loud. You can't do it all on your own page. Just repeat after me. I need people. Like, seriously. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been there where I'm like, so like everything I need to do on my own, I don't need anybody, whatever, whatever. And then the minute I made that shift, like, I'll allow people to help me. Well, and I even admit that <laughs> it, to him. It, it changed so much. So many things. So many things changed after that. Because it was even to the point that when I was married, I wouldn't even let him like wash clothes because he didn't wash correctly. Right. Or, or put it away, which At is like, it was a control thing. Or even willing to like be in the same space as a man. Mm-hmm. Like, like I told Jack, I said, the only man that I have ever allowed to take care of me is my father. A quadruple Scorpio. The only man I've ever let take care of me. I go, so I'm, I don't take relationships casually. Like, the, if I get married, that man's going to have to earn the right to take care of me. It's not just me being lazy and saying I don't want to pull my weight. No, 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 no. It, like, it's a huge, huge vulnerability for right. me to be like, I'm going to let you take the wheel. Which is super scary for you. Like, terrifying yes. for me. Which is huge. <clears throat> yeah. So I've never given myself permission to have that experience. And now I'm like, I'm so burnt out. I cringe thinking about it too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I cringe just thinking about that. But yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah, because Moon and Doris, security, money, like structure. Taurus is as is, is, is earthly as you get. You, you, you want to take care of all those things? Like, my moon's not in Gemini where we can just, like, bounce around yeah. all the time and I figure know. it out along the way. <laughs> no. Well, that guy, Olivier, because his birthday was two days after me. So his moon's in Gemini. And he tried to convince me how in love he was with me. And I was like, motherfucker, you have a moon in Gemini. You got a girlfriend on every continent. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> And you're feeling the same thing to them. So let's just call this what it is. Yeah, and they're really great sweet talkers. So, Yeah, they're communicators. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, I'm at that stage in the game where I'm really being even more honest with myself than I think I've ever been. It's liberating. It's completely liberating to, to live your life that way. Yeah. And so... You know, I just, I feel like I'm kind of letting things show me what's meant to stick and stay and kind of go from there. But I know that on a deeper level, on a core level, that like where I've been and and what I've created and built wasn't based in truth. You know, I, I was running from this exact place. And isn't it crazy how many people you pissed off once the truth started coming out and you're just like, this, this bullshit, this, I don't resonate with this. And st- people took it offense. Like if you were like coming after them, I had one client, he's a libertarian like me. And I was like, masks. Oh, this is not going to be six weeks. Are you fucking kidding me? This will be permanent once they, once they, they do it. And Bart was like, Oh no, 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 no. 
it's, I don't think so. It'll be fine. And then he said to me, he's like, you were the only one to be like, they're going to force this permanently. And you were right. This is before it finally lifted in Vegas. And he was like, I really was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be temporary. And you were, you, day one, day one, you were saying, no. Yeah, because people, people, like patterns are easy to predict. Something, a, a, a behavior unchanged, it's not hard to predict the outcome. Right. Because it's a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> it's <not hard> to <laughs> the outcome, you know, but people are so afraid of being controversial that, which is a codependent thing. Like most people are actually codependent. And you have, you have no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I find myself not wanting to ruffle feathers, but like, it's I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just leave this right here and hope yeah. that like things don't blow up. Honestly, like I go on your post and, and, and I'm just like super entertained sometimes because people really swear. Like they just come on here and I've sent you memes about this. Like people come to your page just to like say some stupid shit and then I've weeded out a lot of them (laughs) I'm just tired like I don't even respond I'm just like delete comment and delete person like that's how tired I am but yeah some people really just or they'll take one thread and they'll turn it into something else and I'm like the post is about this come back yeah I think it's because you're like shining a light on something within them that they are not looking at themselves right so it's kind of like well, if she says that, then it's going to make me look like I'm this type of person because X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, even with like the the latest ruling, like I'm a libertarian, I'm pro-choice with everything and everyone's up in arms. And I'm like, you wanted less government interference. You got your way. I'm so confused. You wanted less government interference and that's exactly what you got. Not the way you wanted, but essentially you got what you wanted. You didn't want the government to interfere. And they're saying, we're out. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> like, okay, if you don't like the way your state handles things, I understand. But, like, I moved from Nevada because I don't like the way things are being handled there. So, I mean, people just, and it's, 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 it's like you could remove the moral argument and just look at what, what happened. And it's like, I... You didn't want them in your uterus. Okay, they're out. So why are you mad? And then I, I think about it's probably the same group that was like wanting the jab and wanting the mask and wanting all of these things forced. And I'm like, y'all, just please pick a lane. Just pick a lane. You know, like I just, you know, you live your life the way you want to and I'll live my life the way I want to and we'll just want to not bug each other. Exactly. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I legit don't care. You want to do that to yourself? Go for it. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. Like, it's that's your your life, your choice, your consequences, your results. I, I don't understand the interference. And now that they're not interfering, people are so mad. I'm just like. They- I think it, it's also because they're not understanding. You know, they just think that it's just what what is said is said and what is done is done without realizing it goes back to the states. And then the states have to make the decision of what it is they want to what they want to do right now like you said like if you don't like how your state handles it maybe move yeah they had no problem telling everyone to who lost their jobs over the jab to move anyway but yeah so i can be pretty controversial just because i i don't have a problem but that's fine like everybody everybody has their own thoughts their own ideas their own you know opinions 
And I feel, I think you mentioned this in your book, like when you are so avoidant of like, okay, so this person isn't, um, I keep going to vegan because it's just like so easy to like go to, but this person isn't vegan. So I'm not going to go and hang around with them because they're eating a steak. Right. Because their way of living doesn't validate my choice. Right. And I, I'm not secure enough in my own choice. I need those around me to validate my choice. Which is not realistic. No. At all. No. And I mean, like, the right, it can be just as annoying. Like, all of a sudden, they think babies are going to be safe. No, people are still going to do what they're going to do. Exactly. Like, this is this only, like, like, let's say that it does become, like, this whole, uh, you can't have any abortions, whatever. It's only, like, getting rid of safe abortions. People are still going to mm-hmm. to get them. Right. And well, and I, I looked at the there's only like, I think, three states currently on the books that are absolute no's. It's yeah. like such a minor amount. It's like, have you looked at the fine print? No, <laughs> no. OK. Like, you know, as someone who holds a CCW, you got to look at the fine print, you know, like you got to know your laws before you carry. And um, I still have to look at the Florida laws completely. I have it, you know. Nevada has some really interesting laws around that, and 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 you got to know those things if you're if you're going to step into that world, and if you're going to have a strong opinion, you might want to know the fine print, which a lot of people don't. No, read. they don't do the research. Like, for example, like um, they were calling this bill the, the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Like, there's nowhere on the bill that it says that you can't say gay. It's pretty much just we don't need to be talking about sexuality to, mm. to children. Like I, my, my mom's gay. I grew up in a household where, you know, gay, I've dated women. So it's like, I, I still don't want my kids learning about sex. at such, it's that nobody, I didn't know who my teacher's husbands or families or anything was when I was in elementary. Like, well, why do we need to know this? We don't need to know like, who you sleep with or who, what your thoughts and beliefs are like at such a young age. Right. I mean, I don't know why the like children have become, well, actually I do know, but it's, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like keeping, keep kids out of it, you know? And, and like California, ironically, it's really weird. Their laws like California will strip you of parental rights. If you don't want to call your child, like if they decide they want to be, you know, Jane instead of, you know, Joe, if you don't abide by that, they can take your child away from you. But you can, there's a bill on the table right now that says you can kill your child after they're born up to 28 days. And I'm like, I don't what? understand your logic. I haven't heard about that. Yeah. What? It's on the table right now. Like, like you can uh, up to 28 days after birth. And I'm like, that's insane with, do- with the people that have like postpartum depression and everything. Like that's murder. I know. And that's okay. I'm like, but but still, like, really, California? Like, do you want parents to have rights or not? Like, you you'll let you'll let the the birth mother kill the baby. Like, at some point, like they'll just probably keep pushing the boundary, but you'll take them away if they don't abide by what a ten year old wants. Like, make up your mind. Like, again, are we protecting or are we not? And like, I just I'm so confused at this point. I just feel so bad. For parents who have kids right now, because they're the ones ultimately you have to deal with it in the home. It's yeah. a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have two kids and, you know, I have I had to have certain conversations with my almost 12 year old. Right. And and he he's just like he's very much like me. Like I ask him like certain questions and he's like, 
mom, like, why are you asking me this? Like common sense, right? I'm like, because this is the world that we live in. We need to talk about these things, mm-hmm. right? And then he's like so shocked. Yeah, it's just, I feel like we were living like in the upside down. <laughs> Stranger things, like we're living in the upside down. Like so many things are just so weird. Well, and, you know, again, I, I, I watch, I'm an observer, so I watch the spectrum, you know, from one end to the other. And I, I listen to the religious people who are just clinging to these ideals. And it's like, I don't know, maybe our earthly experience was just more suffering. Like maybe, you know, you all, you all believed that, that, it's, that it's Satan's paradise. But then when bad things happen, you're like, like horrified. Like, well, you, you probably on some karmic level, if that's your belief system, signed up. To exist in Satan's paradise, right? right. Like, so yeah. why are you so, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a religious person, but but um, but anyway, I, I think that we're here to have a human experience at the minimum. That's what that's all I know for sure. Right. And what comes with that probably will be a lot of things we don't like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that's all I know for sure. You know, anything beyond that, like, don't uh, quote me. It's like a, a lot of adjusting and a lot of just, okay, so this is what we're doing today. This is what we're learning. This is what they're normalizing. Okay, so how do we not go there? Like, how can I live my life without letting this affect me? I mean, I, I don't I don't know if you just tune it out. I mean, resistance I is... I turn off the TV. I never watch well, the news. That's a, that helps me. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't even have cable. So resistance is never really the answer because you don't want to be naive, right? Like I think Jordan Peterson talks about that really astutely. You know, it's like you don't want to be naive because then you become a target. And so there's a, there's a, a balance between kind of having an awareness of what's going on, but not playing into it, yeah, right? That's where I'm at. And so, you know, I I find myself not being highly reactive anymore. I'm just like, mm, what else is new? And I, I don't know that I'm numb or if I'm just not wasting my energy on things that I can't control. I, I don't even know the difference in myself sometimes, but it's like, I'm not going to play into that. I'm not going to entertain that. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it because it's like people are getting so riled up and they, they're just getting so angry and it's all that they talk about. And it just, it creates so much more separation and division. But you right? got to ask yourself, like, you know, and again, as a coach, we, we, we get down to really core things like what is on your plate as far as like what you can control okay so you can go to your congressman and your senator and you can go to your governor like you can do the local thing like you can do certain things but like beyond that you can't even control your own thoughts so Mm -hmm. why are you trying to control other people right and this is not a topic of morality this is a topic of like like energy preservation like what can you control go there where can you make an impact? Go there, right? So that becomes, you, you just kind of pull it back. Like you see these big issues and it's like, well, screaming about them doesn't do anything except waste your energy. Well, some people feel significant. No, because totally. that Because that's, that's as far as they could go, right? They, they can't really make anything, any other changes, right? It makes them feel important. Like I'm screaming and yelling about this whatever that is and it's not it's not a conscious thing to do either it's like i just want to throw a temper tantrum and get attention mm-hmm. you know so that i look special or i look like i'm doing good but the reality is like you do more good by not participating in things that you don't want more of 
right? So it's like if I want there to be more kindness, then I actually make a greater impact energetically on this planet by just being kind to the people I interact with. Yes. Right? Like that's where my circle of control is at. I can't control. I mean, I, I watch these, these kitten videos and I just want to die. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not in Turkey. Just keep scrolling. I'm not there. I can't save those kittens, right? But like I can be kind to my cat. If you take it back to where you where you do have control, and of course it takes a certain degree of consciousness to be like, okay, how can I show up differently? Because <laughs> not everyone's going to ask that question. But if you are willing to ask that question, then you have to be willing to look at the honest answers. And the truth is like, you know, when, when this whole thing happened, I was like, okay, how does this impact me? Oh, it doesn't. Okay, then I'm not going to, you know, make a big deal out of it. It doesn't impact me. How did it impact me before? Oh, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. You know, I mean, like worst case scenario, like if I got raped and needed to take the morning after pill, then I would jump on a plane and do that if I had to. Like it's, it doesn't really impact me. And the odds of that boiling down to where it would need to are so slim. So I'm just not going to make that my, my priority. I'm a little more concerned about inflation. I'm a little more concerned about like uh, freedom of speech. You know, I'm concerned about um, just things that actually do impact me on a daily basis, like my spending and costs of things. Like, and I know a lot of people really hate that are, that are more socially oriented. They hate it when I say this. But the thing is, if you look at any country that has fallen apart, it was destabilized economically first. And so social issues always ride on top of economic issues. Yes. So if you get too distracted with social issues, your country could go down the tubes, but you were so busy fighting for, for women's rights. Yes. And you're like, well, shit, now I have no place to live. And so it's really important you know, to also focus on that hierarchy of like, what is most important, having food on the table or getting that abortion that may or may not happen ever in my life? I, you know, I don't know. Like for me, I want to make sure that I have a roof over my head and food to eat. Let's just, you know, I'm totally able of being a target. Absolutely. But the odds are not as high. Like right now I'm looking at my receipt from Publix and I'm seeing that one a little bit more closely. You know, but like if you look at any country that has fall fell apart, you know, it always started with economic destabilization. No one cares about social issues when they don't have food to eat. And so it's important to look at those things. But well, and it's interesting, too, because we're going to finish up at the same time that Pluto return finishes up. We're, we're finishing up Neptune opposed Neptune in the chart. In the third house of communication, in the ninth house of publishing, which is really interesting because it's just media, media on steroids, just doing bullshit because Neptune is veils, confusion, delusion, deceit, all that stuff. And so it's just been amplified. And that's finally like the fog is going to lift in the winter of next year. And it's going to be really interesting how many people see things for what they really are, because that'll be gone. That media manipulation that's been going on that's so bad right now. Well, it's already starting to to show. Like, some people are totally. already really realizing it, which is fucking great because I'm over it. Yeah, totally. So, like, we're just going to see more of that. And, in fact, one of, my, one of my friends, like, God bless her, she decided to initiate her divorce and a move during Neptune on her Mars. She doesn't have her last Mars hit until, like, the winter. I think January. And 
she's so convinced that like, even though he gave her all the money from the sale of their house in California, that like, she's just going to get off scot-free and be totally fine. Meanwhile, she went and bought a house in Florida, paid cash for it, but they're not divorced. And I'm like, mm, mm. Neptune's not off your Mars, honey. Mars in the seventh house of partnerships, Mars men, Mars direction, action, um, and Neptune being veils. Because when Neptune moves off a point, all of a sudden you see things in the daylight and you're like, ah, my neighborhood's not that nice. Like you go to your hotel at night and then you wake up and you're like, hmm. That's what happens when Neptune leaves a point. You're like, oh, shit. Like this is not what I thought it was going to be. So yeah, the, the U.S. is going to, to go through that and finish that off January, February. Of 2023. Mm-hmm. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at Pluto return. And I'll be honest, I'm 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 nervous as well. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I chose to be here during this time in history. So I guess I'm just going to contend with whatever that is. Right. And it's not like I'm alone. Like if I lose all of my resources as a result of this, it's not like I'm going to be the only person. Right. Like whatever sh- massive shift is happening. It's going to happen to everyone. Absolutely. And then Pluto is going to move into Aquarius in 2023. It's going to dip its toe in and... That's also going to be impactful. That happens in June of next year. It's going to be huge. Like, whenever Pluto changes a sign, it doesn't do it quietly. (laughs) Right? And then 2025, Neptune goes into Aries. So we have all these outer planet changes happening. So, like, the status quo is absolutely going to shift. Like, absolutely. What that'll look like, I don't know, but it's changing. It's not going to be what it is right now. This this top-heavy hierarchy of control, like, top-down, that's changing. Aquarius is bottom-up, you know. And then with Neptune leaving Pisces, like, the last time Neptune was in Pisces was when we had the Civil War. That Jupiter conjunct Pisces we had back in April, that set off the Civil War. And Texas wants to secede. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like I heard that video and the girl was so mad. And I'm like, that's kind of was already there. <laughs> like, it's very possible. And so, you know, I guess one of the, the things to, to your answer your question from earlier, I guess you could look at it less as like, how do I respond and more of like an actual show, like just observe it for what it is so that you're not in it so much, but really like, that's what I'm doing. I'm just like, wow, this is so fascinating, Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of matching it with the aspects and going, this is incredible. As an astrologer, it just makes it easier for me to understand certain things, but like, it's incredible to watch some of it. And again, the the power struggle, right? You know, they're, they're, the, that agenda to try to soil children, it's terrifying, you know what I mean? But of course they are. It's a lot. I mean, the best, I know that the best thing that I could do is just, you know, be the best mom I could be and, and show up for my kids the way that I I feel is right to show up for them and, and have conversations, you know, based on their level of maturity as well. Well, and another thing that I, I, I predict as a result of all of this, because if you look at every generation, you know, they rebel against the previous generation. Mm-hmm. That's normal. And so I suspect that all these kids are going to grow up and hate their parents for not protecting them. Like there was a time when, like my generation, like stop protecting me. You're annoying me. Like, you know, we wanted more independence. 
And I think this generation is going to grow up being really bitter that they weren't protected. Like that's going to be like, right. They're rebelling right now. Um, but you haven't seen anything yet. Like with no boundaries, what do you rebel against? Yeah. No structure. Yeah. I could see that. And so I think that's what's, what's going to ultimately happen is they're going to be very bitter that they didn't have more structure. And it's interesting too. So the, the children born during Pluto and Capricorn, uh, I predict, because they started being born in 2008, and then Pluto officially goes into Aquarius in 2024. I predict that these children are actually going to be some of the most conservative people in a long-ass time, because Capricorn is the most conservative sign. It is all things traditional. And I don't think it's going to be conservative like our grandparents were conservative, but there's going to be a degree of structure that they implement that we have been destroying. Yeah, again, so we're, we're millennials. We have Pluto and Libra, and it's like, you know, you're actually Pluto and Scorpio, um, so you're going to challenge more um, Plutonian things. Mine was Libra, which was all about, again, just like ideals, you were born during the HIV crisis, Pluto, Scorpio. Makes total sense, of course. <laughs> you know? Represents the the sexual organs and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So, um, those ideals, like, and I look at my own generation, I'm like, we're so dumb. <laughs> we're just so dumb. We're so caught up in like the perfect romantic relationship. I mean, look at how millennials celebrate, like. Their gender reveals and their weddings are so fucking over the top. Like it doesn't get more Venus than the way a millennial shows off the way they're living their life. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like really, yeah, swans at your wedding. Okay, um, yeah. So I think that the the Pluto and Capricorn kids are going to be like y'all are just dumb, and we need to like get this shit organized and build again and create something solid. So I think your kids, are they? 2010 and 2018. Yeah, so they're both they're both Pluto and Capricorn. So it'll be interesting. I'm like, with my luck, I'll have a Pluto and Aquarius, and she'll just be like this <sighs> eccentric weirdo that I kind of <laughs> contend with. Like, <laughs> I'll finally give it up, and then I'll end up having a, a child, and she'll just be so eccentric. So whatever. Aquarius is the most eccentric sign. Yeah, they are. My mom's an Aquarius. So, a moon in Aquarius. I think we had this discussion. Moon in Aquarius people, <laughs> they'll actually like buy like a 1988 Toyota Tercel because they think it's so cool. different. <laughs> so different. They don't want to be the same. Look at how unique it is. That's a piece of shit. That's what you got. <laughs> but I love my Aquarius moons, man. Like, I love my Aquarius moons. <laughs> I do. I love them. <laughs> and one of my girlfriends growing up has an Aquarius moon. Like, she's the epitome of an Aquarius moon. I'm like, oh, my God, Melissa, did you really just do that? Okay. I thought I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paige, it's been a pleasure having you here today. I'm so grateful to have had you on here. So where can people find you? Uh, my Instagram and website, Dharmic Path. That's a... D as in dog, H-A-R-M-I-C, Dharmic Path. Um, If you look that up, you'll find me. 
Again, thedramicpath.com, leadinginintentionallife.com. That's my book. Um, you could follow me on Facebook, but that's going to be a big old hot mess probably. That's I'm the most authentic on there. So, yeah. Do follow her on Facebook. That's where I always follow you. <laughs> <laughs> you woke me up. And There's yeah. no continuity. It's like, it's just, it's everything random from every aspect of my life goes on there. Well, thank you so much again for joining me today. And remember guys, it's not always love and light.